to the 15, to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The legend continues. Chandler Jones, one of the most underrated players in football. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Well, we are nearing the end. Cardinals training camp powered by Cox here at State Farm Stadium. MJ, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one. Just doesn't feel quite right that just like that we started and now we're finishing and uh, well we got a game right around the corner. Craig, September first. I know, right around the corner. <laughs> the season's here, Craig. B train. Does it feel like football to you? Kinda. I mean, it, 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 I know that they're practicing, but you know the fact that uh, you know it's just a different year all the way around. But I, I'm, I'm excited to see the guys get back on the field and start playing for real. So. Uh, I'm, I'm anticipating just like everybody else and uh, hope they can get off to a quick start. Yes, 12 days from today, September 13th at San Francisco, week one, Cardinals and 49ers to kick off the 2020 regular season. Of course, we know no fans in attendance at Levi Stadium, no fans in attendance here at State Farm Stadium for those first two home games. After that, we'll kind of wait and see. But let's dive into today's edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. And yes, the big news around this team all offseason, all training camp, has been the offense and DeAndre Hopkins. Well, how about the offense and, MJ, the run game? Because that was a big talking point earlier this week. Had a chance to hear from offensive line coach Sean Kugler, And I think people forget that this team a year ago was able to run the ball very effectively. Yeah, they ran for close to 2,000 yards. You know, they averaged five yards a carry. And it all starts with, uh, obviously, Sean Kugler. Um, but, you know, we got to give the other guys credit, too, and that would be tight ends coach Steve Hyden and then running backs coach James Saxon because, you know, I think after week four they kind of figured out, you know, they're going to have to run the football even though Kingsbury's committed to the run. But, you know, I think they've had a depth even though, you know, Marcus Gilbert opted out. So, you know, you're going to have a couple new starters, it looks like, at center and Mason Cole, and then we'll figure out who the right tackle is going to be. Obviously, Beecham has the experience, but Murray's a guy that made strides last year, and he's got some flexibility. Maybe he's your swing tackle. But the offensive line, according to Kugler, should be better than a year ago. Yeah, that right tackle position, B-Train, is the lone question kind of up in the air with the uh, decision by Marcus Gilbert to opt out. We know Mason Cole is also a new addition, but he's been a part of this offense, been a part of this team for the last couple of years. So if you're on the outside and you're handicapping it when you've got a veteran in Beecham versus a guy like Justin Murray who started 12 games last season, how do you how do you figure out what the coaching staff is going to do there? I think you go with the guy that gives the most ability at that position. And you go with the experience first. You always want to go with a guy that has been there and done that and has done it for a long time. So that guy's going to give it, he's going to get every opportunity to win that job. But then it comes down to who goes out there and gives you the best chance to win. And I think ultimately whoever gives this offensive line the best chance to be successful and, and allow Kyler Murray to do what he does and allow Kenyon Drake to do what he does, 
then that's going to be the guy that plays. And, and it's really going to come down to that because you can talk economics, you can talk uh, whether you're a veteran or not, but really who is the guy that, that allows you to do the most, uh, the best, and that's going to be the guy that plays. Yeah, Beecham, yes, he's a newcomer, but he is not new to Sean Kugler. In fact, Kugler brought that up earlier this week. Known Kelvin since uh, 2011 when we drafted him in Pittsburgh. Uh, he was actually started games as a rookie at left tackle for us. Uh, most of his career has been spent at left tackle. Uh, we've transitioned him to right tackle during this camp. He's responded uh, very well, uh, and he's been competing with, with Justin Murray uh, at that position, and the competition has, has brought out the best in both of them. Interesting that head coach Cliff Kingsbury on with Bickley and Murata on Monday on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station tilted this in Beecham's favor, saying if the season started today, it would Beecham who would be the starting right tackle. But bottom line, this team, as you mentioned it earlier, MJ, does have a lot of depth at the offensive line. If it is Beecham at right tackle, Murray becomes your backup. You've got Max Garcia as your backup. Oh, yeah, don't forget about the rookie, Josh Jones. There's eight guys right there. Knock on wood, everyone stays healthy. Yeah, and the NFL rule this year, you can trace address eight offensive linemen. You know, I'm curious to see when it comes to numbers, do they keep nine or ten? You know, we really haven't talked about Josh Miles. Obviously, Josh Jones was a you know third-round pick who they had ranked a lot higher. I think in the perfect world, Josh Jones learns. And, you know, we know injuries occur, but um, I do like the depth. Max Garcia is a guy that got a chance to play on special teams late in the year last year. Looks like he could be your interior um a guard and then also I think he'll get some snaps at center if something happens to Mason Cole so I think they're you know obviously you want to see see the same five guys continuity and chemistry but we know injuries do occur at some point on the subject of offensive line depth let's hear from offensive line coach Sean Kugler we're definitely in a better shape than where we were last year uh, depth wise you know uh, there's probably four or five guys that are working with the twos and I have uh, zero problem putting in a game uh, as a starter or a rotator uh, if somebody had to go down and, and we had to replace somebody so uh, we're still in that process building depth and that'll go all the way until the first game but uh, very pleased thus far and that's what you want B train right you want that competition you want to be able to have certainly your starters but if you have to go to the bench you have to have that confidence that whomever you call upon is ready to produce you have to have healthy bodies and, and health is going to be a big factor in determining how successful this team is this year particularly on the offensive line we know that an offense goes as the offensive line does. And if you got that many guys and you have that much depth and you feel that good about it and you don't have to keep uh, going to the waiver wire to, to try to scrape and, and, and patch up that offensive line, then you're, you're ahead of the curve. And there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to fall by the wayside because they don't have that depth. And uh, we hadn't really been able to say that for a long time here with the Arizona Cardinals. So I think this has been a long time coming. And I know that this coaching staff is going to do everything that they can to get this offensive line in position to really be the strength and the backbone of this offense. Well, whomever those five players are week one through week 17, this much we do know that this team will have to run the football just as much as they did a year ago, maybe even not, not more. Don't forget. They finished 10th in the league in rushing last season, and even with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, there is certainly an air of expectation amongst the players and the coaching staff that this team has to run the ball first. In fact, we heard from center Mason Cole on just that. I know Coogs loves putting the run game together. Um, I mean, that's that's what he does. That's what he's that's what he's here for to put put a good run plan in. And uh, I think Cliff gives him a lot a lot of uh, leeway to 
and trust in him. So it's been good. And, and Cook's trust in us too. If Cook's um, put the run plan together, he trusts that we're going to run the ball well um, and execute. You know, one of the things that obviously we focused on last year, and I think Kyler Murray, when he goes back and watches film, is, is the negative plays. I mean, you can't take a you know 12-yard sack and then all of a sudden you're behind the sticks on third down. So I think that will come down, and I think the sacks will come down. You know, 23 of the 48 sacks were on Murray. So, and then this team needs to be more efficient on third down. And when they get in the red zone, they have to, you know, get touchdowns versus, you know, field goals. Obviously, those are key point of emphasis going into the season. The run sets up the pass. The pass sets up the run, according to Sean Kugler. And we know, B-Train, that offensive lineman much preferred to run block than pass protect. And... I just think even with all of the talk, all about the weapons and 10 personnel and spreading it out with five wide, that I think this is going to be a concerted effort to make sure that Kenyon Drake and that run game is established early on in this year. The quickest way to, to demoralize any team is to be able to run the football on their defense. If you can run the ball up and down the field and control the clock and control possession, then you're going to have a great chance of winning that football game. Yes, there are dynamic quarterbacks who can do Tremendous things in this league as far as throwing the ball all over the field. But I'm telling you right now, there's no defense out there that can withstand an offense coming at you and running the ball 10, 15, 20, 30 times a game and just continuing to hammer you and wear you down. That's going to wear on any defense. I don't care how many athletes you have up front. If they continue to get pounded like that, they have very little chance of being successful on that Sunday. Murray, Drake, Chase Edmonds, they all averaged better than five yards a carry. In fact, the Cardinals finished a franchise record 5.03 yards per rush attempt a year ago, and that is something that Mason Cole hopes continues. In this league, you got to run the ball, uh, no matter what kind of offense you're in. And with the with the gang we had last year, I knew we could. And, and this year, I think it's the same thing. I think uh, we can set our expectations even higher, and, and we can push those limits um, and be one of the best in the league. And that was just the, the rushing yards per attempt or the overall numbers finishing with 1,990 yards on the ground. But what Pro Football Focus, and people have a love-hate relationship with that website, but the fact that the Cardinals' MJ finished number two behind only Carolina in rushing yards per attempt before contact, before the ball carrier was touched. Well, and that, that tells you the offensive line's getting a push, and there's nothing like, you know, when we saw that play in Seattle with Justin Pugh pulling to the right side. And when you get to the second layer, now all of a sudden, you know, and curious to see if teams are going to play six in the box or seven in a box because the Cardinals feel like they can line up and run the football, and we know how important when 11 personnel with Max Williams on the outside. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still think they're going to, you know, spin it down the field just based on the weapons, but you got to win at the line of scrimmage, and we got a chance to see last year they were getting a push. We didn't see a lot of guys get tackled for losses, and when you watch Kenyon Drake run and Chase Edmonds, they normally fall forward versus getting hit at the line of scrimmage. And there should be more room for those running backs if they get past the line of scrimmage because if you're going to spread them out, what Kingsbury wants to do, and especially with Hopkins on one side, then there might be easier rushing lanes for a Drake or an Edmonds. Well, and, you know, you look at Kyler Murray, and it really starts in high school and college. I mean, the zone read. I mean, obviously you're reading the defensive end. We know about the RPOs. You know, he can hand it off to the running back. He can run or he can throw. So there's so many different varieties and flexibility that this Cardinals, they're not just a one-trick pony. And I think that is key, B-Train, because you as a defensive player, you want to be able or you don't 
you want to have to make the defense study as much as possible leading into game week and not just focusing on one thing. Without question, and, and the thing that always scared me was a running quarterback, a guy that was unafraid to stick his nose in there and actually run the football. And you see that with Kyler Murray, a guy that he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't want to make a living doing it, but he is more than willing to, to run with the football and, and you essentially gain an extra blocker by having a quarterback as the guy running the football. So uh, as a defense, you, you have to prepare for that. You have to prepare for having that extra blocker in the hole, and that's a nightmare. Most defenses, if you were to ask them one-on-one, they absolutely despise a mobile quarterback and a guy that's actually willing to run up in there and, and try to get those tough yards on a second and five or second and three or, or shorter. The anchor of that offensive line in which Drake Edmonds will be running behind, including to Kyler Murray, Mason Cole, back as the starter, as we touched upon earlier here on this segment. Two years ago, he started every single game, sat and watched last year. Here's offensive line coach Sean Kugler and how Cole has progressed as a young player. Mason's a real professional. He's taken it upon himself to do the things he needed to do to get better. He needed to get stronger. Uh, he's gotten a lot stronger. His body's changed. Uh, Mason's very intelligent. He's a good communicator. Uh, he, he's taken the reins in that aspect and uh, led the line. He makes all the communication calls and uh, has done a very nice job this camp. And now you hope, MJ, that you've got Mason Cole, you've got Kyler Murray, and those two grow together within this offense. Yeah, you know, DJ Humphreys, you know, obviously he's got to stay healthy, maybe cut down on some of the penalties, but yeah, I mean, Mason Cole, obviously, you know, he hasn't peaked yet. And then you look at a guy like Josh Jones, he's part of the future. Justin Murray's the perfect age, you know, nothing against Sweezy and Pew. But when you get to 30, obviously, you know, they're always looking for the young guys. But right now, I, I think the fact that they got veteran guys on the offense line starting can go a long way. Yeah, so far, so good as far as keeping everyone healthy. And that has been the case so far in training camp. Some guys have been getting veteran days off. But with the eye of everyone being available week one against the 49ers. Hey, fans, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. On the other side, we take a look at the defense and one of the newest additions. Just how big was the pickup of Dre Kirkpatrick? We'll discuss that next as the Cardinals Red Sea Report continues here. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry with you all season long and here with you 12 days before the regular season opener. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Got snap from his 29, fakes the handoff to Anderson, throws a little pass to the near side, it's intercepted, picked off on the near side by Kilpatrick, he's at the 20, the 10, down the sideline, the 5, and it's a touchdown! Frank Kirkpatrick has just picked off Peyton Manning, and it's a pick six! A veteran of eight seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals, the past five as a starter. Drake Kirkpatrick added to the Cardinals on August 23rd and certainly making a case to be that cornerback opposite Patrick Peterson. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Greg Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry here as the Cardinals training camp powered by Cox continues here at State Farm Stadium. And you certainly, B-Train, never like to see a player go down to an injury, let alone a season-ending injury, as was the case with Robert Alford. But after that, 
the Cardinals went and added three cornerbacks, B.W. Webb, Ken Crawley, and Kirkpatrick. Webb has since been released. Kirkpatrick, even though he's a late addition, he might be your week one starter on that September 13th game. And well, you feel good about that because you know that Kirkpatrick has been a starter. He's been productive in the league, and he's a guy that you can plug him in, and he's a veteran, so he's not going to need a, a ton of time to get acclimated to the defense that you're presenting him with. Uh, he, he's been around, and, and the fact that he's got familiarity with Vance Joseph already, I think that works well for him. So he's going to be familiar with some of the terminology. And so the transition is going to be a little tough because he's got new surroundings, but ultimately I think he's a pro's pro and he's going to come in and know what to do and and come in and really help this defense get to where they want to go. And the one thing that separates him, MJ, from the rest of the cornerbacks on the roster is his size, 6'2", 190, and that's what you want in an outside corner. And normally when you're you're that tall, you have long arms, you usually play on the outside, and I think it's a perfect fit. And as B-Train pointed out, you know, he played for Vance Joseph in 2014, 2016 as a, you know, position coach. So, he got, you know, there's there's a little bit difference in defenses, but there's some carryover. And like B-Train said, that's stuff that he's going to have to figure out. But, you know, considering Alford went down and how hard he worked to get back is, is, is disappointing, you feel, for a guy like that. But, you know, they kind of flooded the position. But to me, Kirkpatrick comes in here with experience. Um, you know, he's that he's going to get targeted, obviously, anybody playing opposite of Patrick Peterson. And really, it solidifies what they want to do with Byron Murphy. Absolutely. You keep him where he's more comfortable, and that is in the slot. Again, Kirkpatrick has not been here very long, but he has certainly made a good first impression on the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I've been really impressed with uh, Dre. He, you know, day one, he was trying to get extra information and stuff on his iPad that he could watch and learn. And he's just been a sponge since he's got here. And uh, those guys have been great with him. Pat P's really helped him. But the competitive spirit is there. Um, you can tell he, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants something, uh, wants to show, you know, what type of player he is. And, and he feels like this is an, a prime opportunity to kind of show that, that he can still do it at a high level. Uh, he was available for a reason. Last season, he was placed on injured reserve because of a knee injury and perhaps maybe needed a little bit more time to get back to where he felt he was comfortable and 100%. MJ, you alluded to the relationship with Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, Joseph and Kirkpatrick together in 2014 and 2015. And that is a relationship that goes not only all the way back to their days in Cincinnati, but a relationship that has continued since then as the two have remained in contact with one another. Here's Coach Joseph on Kirkpatrick. Well, Dre has been a uh, starting corner in this league for the last four or five years. You know, I coached him for two seasons, and since he was a young guy coming on uh, fast there, he's had some really good years in this league, and, um, you know, he's excited about being here, and He's obviously uh, familiar with most of our system, but some things have changed in the last four to five years, you know, when it comes to my system. So uh, we're excited to, to uh, have Dre here, and we'll see how it shakes out. When you know someone on the inside, if you will, MJ, and that coach or fellow player can go and say, hey, look, I vouch for this person. Let's bring him on board. I think it speaks a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think he did the same thing when it came to a guy like uh, Jordan Phillips. I mean, he had him in Miami, and, you know, obviously, the, the you know, he wanted to be let go, and they made a decision to move him to Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and he's in what something that Dre said was it's not just about football. He's kind of been his mentor about life, and so that's important. And obviously, you know, they're bringing him in here to be 
possibly the starter. But, um, you know, I, I think they covered well there. I mean, obviously, you know, the situation was that they felt like they wanted to leave Murphy inside. So I think he's going to come in here and, you know, get an opportunity. And, you know, we always say, well, there's a reason why they're available. Well, sometimes it's coming off an injury. You bring in a new head coach. Um, maybe they want to go a different direction. He is a former first-round pick, so the talent's there. Now it's a matter of him just gelling with the defense. Yeah, Kirkpatrick mentioned that he had other teams calling, but that, quote, great relationship with Vance Joseph is what kind of tipped things in the Cardinals' favor. And, B-Train, that means a lot because now as a player coming in late, there's at least somewhat of a familiarity. You don't feel like you're just kind of jumping in off the deep end. No, you're not just coming in off the deep end and, and you have that familiarity, you have that, that personality mesh, and that's going to be something that's key too because coming into a new situation, you want to have somebody that you know there already. And the fact that he knows the defensive coordinator there and he knows him personally, that, that gives you a big sigh of relief because having to start over from scratch is, is really daunting and uh, people don't really factor that into the equation. Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting paid and all those type of things, and you're a professional, but nobody likes to go into a situation where you don't know anybody and you're starting from scratch having to develop new relationships. So the fact that he already knew Coach Joseph and, and uh, they actually need him to come in and, and, and solidify that, that other corner slot, it, that, that's a much better scenario than to come in as a guy that's uh, you know number 53 on the roster and and we just we got you in for maybe a week or two so uh, I think it's the best case scenario for Dre and I know he's going to come in and be as comfortable as he could possibly be and that in turn is going to equal production on the field in my opinion. On that relationship between coach and player here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. There's no doubt that trust uh, and their relationship between the two played a, a huge part in us being able to acquire him and, and him wanting to come here and play for Vance. What you see is what you get with VJ. And, and I believe when he kind of talked about the situation that, that Dre had and the opportunity that he believed him and through a unique season, I think that does go a long way with, with the players. And as we've alluded to, it goes both ways. The coach certainly liked the player, and the player liked the coach, and they have kept in touch over the years. Let's hear from Kirkpatrick. VJ, he's always been a mentor to me uh, on and off the field. Even when he left, I was still communicating with him, sending him texts, um, just reaching out on personal things. I'm here to compete. Whatever coach want to do, whatever the game plan is, um, if I fit it, they'll be the ones to make that decision. Um, but, you know, come game one, I will be ready. And even with that relationship, it's not like Kirkpatrick is expecting to be handed the starting job, MJ. He knows that he has to show it. And it sounds like, from hearing from Kingsbury and Joseph, that he has in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, what's going to be interesting, at least the first week of the season, maybe the first month, is is he out there for every single snap? You know, I mean, you got to get into football shape. I'm sure he's been working out, coming off an injury. And, you know, that's why the Cardinals could keep four or five wide receivers. Obviously, there'll be a drop-off. Kevin Peterson, like, will be active because he plays on teams. Chris Jones, and maybe there's somebody out there. Um, but I think at this point, you know what you have. But curious to see his snap count because, you know, if teams are going, you know, basically 12 personnel, that means Byron Murphy could be on the sidelines. Obviously, you know, if teams are going 11 personnel, he's going to be out there. So the Cardinals' base defense is going to have two corners. I'm just curious to see how much he can play in week one. Well, snap count based off, is he in football 
shape. Correct. He's in great shape, but are you in football shape to be running up and down the field you know, several times during the course of a game? And you mentioned it. There's Chris Jones. There's Kevin Peterson, Ken Crawley, and Jace Whitaker, the young player out of U of A, the undrafted rookie free agent who has certainly uh, made an impression on Patrick Peterson. And we'll see. The Cardinals flooded that position all offseason. Currently, they have seven on the roster, led, of course, by Patrick Peterson. And good to see number 21 on the field from week one. Cardinals will have their top cornerback the entire season, knock on wood, here in 2020. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, Bertrand Berry. When we come back, we'll talk about one of B-Train's former teammates who is still playing. That's straight ahead. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and nine of the 29. Two receivers right, Fitzgerald to the left. Warner barking out the call, play clock at three. Kurt got the play away, back to throw. Warner with ton of time, throwing right side. Fitz open, caught at the five, heading for the pylon. And he is going to be ruled in touchdown Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald, do you believe it? And Larry Fitzgerald cramps it down their throats. Larry Fitzgerald, you are absolutely ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. More than a decade ago, 29-yard touchdown at Carolina in the 2008 Divisional Playoff game. Larry Fitzgerald, that entire playoff run, historic for number 11 as we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report second half action. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Barry and B-Train, we got to lead off with you because he turned 37 years young yesterday talking about Larry Fitzgerald, and here he is still going strong in the National Football League. Very impressive, and it just continues to add to a Hall of Fame career for Larry Fitzgerald. I'm so proud of him, seeing him from – his very first catch out there in St. Louis to where he is today is as a, as an older guy, as a big brother. It, it just it makes you proud, proud to know him and and to see the man that he's become and, and everything that he's accomplished in his career. What, what else? What else can you say about Larry Fitzgerald other than he's just simply the best? Remind me again, how many seasons did you play in the NFL? I played thirteen. And Fitz here is about to enter his seventeenth season. MJ. Yeah, it's yeah. remarkable. I mean, like like B Train said, I mean, for him to be doing it at a high level, but really, I think he's playing to get to the postseason. I mean, everything else. I mean, I don't think he has any interest in catching Jerry Rice. I mean, there's he's number two in a lot of different categories, really. So, but I I, I think he wants to get back to the postseason, and that would be, you know, a great career. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer first ballot, but. He's still playing for a reason. First of all, he likes the camaraderie. He loves being in the locker room. He likes the process. And I really think this offseason kind of wasn't able to take a total on his body. And so he's he's refreshed. He's ready to go. And, 
he looks outstanding in camp and catching everything and just a just a big uh, influence on these young receivers. You can see the development from guys like Trent Sherfield, Christian Kirk, even Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson. So, you know, it's you look at his career and I just want people to realize that you better – you know, watch him while he's here because don't take him for granted. By the way, B-Train, didn't mean to uh, dismiss the 13-year <laughs> career because 13 years is probably six, seven more years than the average or or even more. So uh, tip of the cap to you for your 13 years. No, no, I, no, no offense taken. I mean, when we talk about Larry, hey, look, you, you know you're going to take a backseat more times than not, and, and uh, I, I know where I stand with you, bro, so it, it's all good. I, I know – uh, where I sit on the totem pole. I know I'm at the very bottom, you know, with the sticky stuff that you get when you when you walk over fresh asphalt, you know. But that's, that is what it is, bro. I love you anyway. Well, we know where Larry Fitzgerald stands, and that is at the top of every single receiving record within the Arizona Cardinals. And amongst the NFL, trailing only Jerry Rice in catches and receiving yards, but still going at it, led the team in receiving last year, now has some new help on the opposite side, maybe they even line up next to one another. Talking about DeAndre Hopkins, another potential future Hall of Famer. Here's D-Hop playing with number 11. Larry was a guy that I remember when, you know, they made a playoff run and, you know, they got close but not close enough. I feel bad. I I, I was basically a Cardinals fan from, from that day uh, because I seen the drive and I wanted Larry to win a championship. And I know he was getting older in his career. And you could just tell by the way he plays the game that he's out there to win every game, not just out there, you know, um, just being another guy. You know, being able to be around someone like that in the locker room is very valuable. Respect around the league, B-Train, from opposing teammates and now current teammates, talking about DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald, but that says a lot when you have someone on the outside looking in and saying, yeah, I was rooting for number 11. Well, that just goes to respect. And, and when you see a guy put in the work and actually uh, uh, do what he needs to do in order to be successful, you have to respect that. And whether you're a teammate or, as you said, on the outside looking in, uh, you, you, you definitely respect the, the hustle and you, re, you respect the work and the grind. And for Larry, people love him as much for his work ethic as they do his accomplishments. Because make no mistake, Larry's Larry because he's accomplished a lot and he's shined in the big moments. But if you just knew him for his work ethic, I think you would have a profound respect for him anyway. So the fact that you can marry those two together and you have one player uh, doing what he does in one city for 17 years, uh, that just speaks to greatness all the way around. And I know a lot of people are rooting for Larry to get a Super Bowl ring, whether it's here in Arizona or around the league, because he's earned that respect based off of the work that he put in in order to try to get it. And always willing to lend a hand or lend some thoughts to another, whether it's a teammate or someone like Hopkins. In that case, they weren't teammates, yet Hopkins has reached out to Fitz a number of times during the course of his career. A number of players certainly reacting to Larry Fitzgerald still playing. Among them, quarterback Brett Hundley. One thing you know he told me on the sidelines was he still wants it more. You know, And I, I think that holds true to – you see it in his practice – his gameplay, obviously, you see it the way he interacts with people. He's just he's just a professional, and he loves the game of football. And even at 37, 38, uh, he's an old man, but he's still balling. You know, yesterday he was given a day off, and during the open portion of practice here, he's you know he's helping out throwing the ball. You know, guys were running routes. He's showing how to run a correct route. 
and he, he normally he's engaged. And, and if you got a chance to see the red and white uh, practice, I mean, here you know, on the Eno you know, Benjamin Drive, he's he's basically on the field and so excited for these young guys. It's just you know, again, he he, he may not say a whole lot, but if you reach out to him, he's definitely going to try to help you. Yeah, and the one thing that we kind of focus on are the numbers. 171 catches from passing Jerry Rice on the all-time receptions list. He's almost 6,000 yards, though, away from passing Jerry Rice on the receiving yards list. Those are great numbers, but if you talk to anyone who knows number 11, that at least right now it's about getting to the postseason where the Cardinals and Larry Fitzgerald have not been since 2015. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. The only thing he's ever discussed with me is winning a Super Bowl. I mean, I, I know he feels a sense of urgency to get that done. I, I've never heard him bring up anything else except, hey, we got we to gotta get one of these. He is a phenom at that position. I mean, the things he's doing right now in camp at his age, I mean, he dove, you know, laid out, makes a catch, and then sprints to the next 70 yards for a touchdown. It's like he's trying to make the team every day, and it's like he has this nervous energy to make the team every day in every drill and every walkthrough rep. That is unique, B-Train, is it not? I mean, typically a veteran uh, fits his stature. Yeah, you'll get a day off here or there, or you know, you don't have to do this drill, but you take the mental reps. But someone, in Kingsbury's words, that is acting like a rookie, and that might be more for just being the example than anything else. And it shows how, how much of a leader he truly is. It's not about what he says. It's just what he does. And all you have to do to know that he's a leader is just watch what he does. He yeah. does things that guys that aren't even secure in their position on this team are, are, are doing. So I love the fact that he continues to do the extra work. And when you do it, when nobody asks you to do it, when you get to a game-like situation, it's not – it's not going to be new to him. It's not going to be something that he's not used to doing. It's just going to be what he's always done. And so people get so amazed at, at his, his, his physical acts, you know, on, on the field. But to us, it's just what he does every single day. So uh, you shouldn't be surprised if you're doing it every day in practice, then it becomes who you are. And, and that's what Larry has been. And that's why he's so revered in his league. And that's why his teammates and the fan base love him so much because it, it, it's just what he does. And, and there's no – no pony to it because he's doing it each and every day. You know, we've been fortunate enough to watch him um, over the years, whether it's in training camp and, you know, obviously when the media is available after practice, who's one of the last guys off the field? Larry Fitzgerald. And you could see it's it's it's, it's worn off on the young guys. You're seeing Chase Edmonds, Trent Sherfield, uh, Christian Kirk, some of the other young receivers after practice just catch the ball. Larry's catching the ball like he would catch a ball over his head without knowing where the ball is. It's just a, it's a technique he's used, and he's always, always the last guy off the field, and you could see it's wearing on some of the young guys. Well, yeah, if you're an Andy Isabella, if you're a Keem Butler, Keyshawn Johnson, Trent Sherfield, heck, even a DeAndre Hopkins, you cannot help but learn from Fitz because he's still producing at such a high level. Yeah, and again, you, you – the fact that Cliff's like, this guy is, is really fighting for a job, which we know is not true, but that's the way he goes out and practices. And I always say, you know, there's guys that want to be good and there's guys that want to be great. And obviously he wants to be great. And I think he's shown that throughout his career. And the fact that he's got a little help now, B-Train, with Hopkins in the fold, I think, I don't know if he needs to be re-energized, but there might be a little bit more targets his direction, especially coming across the middle if all the eyes are on Hopkins and less on Fitzgerald. 
knows he doesn't have to carry the load himself, and I think he's going to be A-OK with that. One, he's 37, let's just be real. But two, I really do believe that he is all about winning, and the more guys that can come in and help him be successful without him having to shoulder all the responsibility at this stage in his career, I think he appreciates that, and I think he welcomes that. And as a guy that has been in one spot his entire career, I think he wants to see when he's gone to see this team in a good place from a receiver standpoint. And the fact that he knows that DeAndre Hopkins is here now, I think he knows that there's going to continue to be a high level of play coming from that position that he manned down for oh so long here in the Valley. And that's something MJ, he mentioned earlier this offseason with Hopkins and Christian Kirk. He likes where that wide receiver room is in the event that this is his last season. Yeah, and, you know, I, I like the fact that, you know, He's willing to help the young guys. and You can just see the development. And I'll give David Ryan, and Jerry Sullivan, and give the players credit because they had to make the strides. Um, but as, as Larry pointed out, Andy Isabella takes the most notes in meetings. And so it's just it's a trickle-down effect. And if you don't learn from him, that's on you. Season number 17 for Larry Fitzgerald when the Cardinals travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers on September 13th. When we come back, we switch our focus to the defense and well a young player Larry Fitzgerald was once young back in 2004 the Cardinals first round draft pick we get talking about Isaiah Simmons next here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network Isaiah Simmons is our guy here we go Isaiah this is Coach Kingsbury, man. Congratulations. You're a hell of a player, and we're looking forward to putting you on the field right away. We're going to make you a cardinal right here. Isaiah Simmons. Yeah! I was amazed that Isaiah Simmons got past Carolina. Me too. My dreams were becoming a reality. You watch him uh, cover ground on the football field. You watch him tackle. You watch him pick off balls. His skill set is uh, is out of this world. I'm going to take a shot on the Cardinals. I just like it. Talent on talent and a lot of attitude coming in the season. <laughs> there we go. A very pumped up. Cardinals general manager, just part of what was episode three of Cardinals Flight Plan. By the way, catch up on all of Cardinals Flight Plan. Go to the Cardinals official YouTube page, youtube.com slash Cardinals. Certainly a surprise. No one expected that Isaiah Simmons would be there when the Cardinals selected number eight overall. And the Cardinals, MJ, get someone who can not only play where he's currently focusing on, and that is the inside linebacker position. But if you look at what he did at Clemson, he can play outside, he can play a little safety, he can play some corner. Basically, maybe outside of putting him in a three-point stance on the defensive line, he has shown that ability. I don't know if we'll see all of that ability here right away, but certainly someone that uh, is versatile enough to play in the National Football League. Was there any doubt that Steve Kime wanted Isaiah Simmons? (laughs) Even Derek Brown went off the board, and you're like, he can help the Cardinals. There was no doubt. Didn't hesitate. Obviously, they had a high grade on him. You know, he's probably one of the, uh, besides uh, Chase Young and Jeff Okuda, depending on positions, he was one of the top defensive players. Yeah, I mean, you know, slow play. Curious to see what his snap count's going to look like. Yeah, I do think on sub packages, you could see all three inside linebackers. It wouldn't surprise me if they slide him out, rush the passer. Um, but obviously, he's a guy that's, you know, unfortunately just have the the preseason games and you know the good news is they're not going to rely on him 
to be a day one starter. Now, obviously, you draft a guy that high, he's going to be part of their sub packages. But I'm curious to see, you know, because we know he can he can line up in the slot, he can rush the passer, he can drop back into coverage. So I'm curious to, to see how he's ingrained uh, in, in, in this defense. And obviously, Vance Joseph has more intel than we do. There is pressure on him, B-Train, because he was a top 10 pick, yet there is not as much because the Cardinals do have players, specifically Devondre Campbell, who they added in free agency ahead of the draft, to play that inside linebacker position next to Jordan Hicks. I do believe that there's going to be a a good situation for Isaiah Simmons. I think he's going to get more than his fair share of reps. Regardless of whether he starts the game, I think he's going to finish a lot of the game. And in basketball, that's more of a sign of respect, and I think you're starting to see that more in football as well. Yeah, you can be a starter and, and you can be the first 11 that they tried out for play one, but when it comes to winning and winning games in the fourth quarter, who is going to be those 11 guys that you trust the most? And I, I do believe over the course of this season, as he gets acclimated more and more to the speed and, and, and the overall flow of, of the NFL, I think Isaiah Simmons is going to be one of those 11. And, that, and to me, that's much more important than being that uh, first 11 on the field. Yeah, everyone likes to hear their name called at the start of the game, but at the end of the game, how many snaps did you get? How much time were you on the field? Certainly sounds like Simmons is going to be on the field a lot. Here's the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I'd say the unique thing about Isaiah is, is the athleticism can cover up a lot of things. I mean, even if he's not sure about a coverage or a drop or where he's supposed to be on a certain play, he's so fast, so long, he can cover ground so much that, that he can make up for it. And, and that's been the case at, at times. We, we've tried to put a lot on his plate um, to get him up to speed with, with a limited offseason, a limited camp, and uh, I thought he's responded really well. You could see the athleticism. You could see the size. Obviously, he's got to get stronger. My thing would be if he is placing close to the line of scrimmage, can he shed blocks? I mean, he's got all the physical attributes, obviously the athleticism there, but I think he's got to get stronger in the upper body. And, again, he's a rookie. He's young, so it's going to take some time. But, obviously, they have a good weight program. It's not like they stop lifting weights during the season. So as the season progresses, you could see you have him maybe a bigger role. And he is going to make his share of mistakes, B-Train. There's no question about it. Players always make mistakes, but rookies especially are going to make their mistakes. And he's got to learn the speed of the game and he'll get a first-hand taste of it week one against the 49ers. But in hearing Kingsbury see it, it's the ability to not make the same mistake twice or what might be a mistake all of a sudden is corrected immediately because of that athleticism. And that's why you bring a guy in at the number eight pick because you believe that he's a guy that's not going to continue to make the same mistake. When you're drafted that high, there's more expectations of you. You're expected to come in and to be a contributor right away. And so... They, they fully believe in his intellect and his football IQ. And when you have that sort of belief in, in, in a young player, then you want to see him go out and, and make good on that. And I, I think as long as they keep it simple for him and not overload him with terminologies and, and different responsibilities, I think you're going to see a young man in his first year fly around and make a lot of plays and really make his mark on this defense and, and, and find his identity much sooner than later. Well, that preparation and learning so much, learning so fast, it started back in college. Here's Simmons talking about his defensive coordinator at Clemson, Brent Venables. Coach Venables prepared me for situations like this to be able to, you know, take in a lot of information at once and then take it and apply it immediately. So I kind of been prepped and prepared for 
for this level and and how much of a mental strain it is and whatnot. So personally, I feel as I'm in a good mental spot with it and I've handled it pretty well. You could also make the case, perhaps, MJ, that the other two rookies that the Cardinals selected, Rashard Lawrence and Lecky Fotu, as far as the two fourth-round picks on the defensive line, guys that were at Utah and LSU for a long period of time, they've had that progress here from the start of training camp to where we are right now, just about to wrap things up. Yeah, and they don't have the pressure like Isaiah Simmons has just being the eighth overall pick. And if you look at the Cardinals' rotation, I think we have an idea what the starters are going to look like between Jordan Phillips and Zach Allen on the outside. I think Bullock gets some time there, but the, the, the guys that are drafted in the mid-rounds, they're going to be part of the rotation here. But they just don't have the same pressure, so go out there and just play football. Hey, B-Train, rest up. It's game week next week. Hey, you know I'm always ready, brother. I got about two-third downs in me. That's about all I got. So that's all I got. <laughs> We will call on number 92 for a third and goal with the Cardinals needing a stop. That's what we call on Bertrand. Oh, third and long, brother. Third and long. Third and long. Third and Way long. <laughs> Very well. Spe- <laughs> special thanks behind the scenes. Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher. For Mike Jarecki, Bertrand Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. That's right. Next week, San Francisco week. The regular season just right around the corner. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.